perhaps you know what this is like. A storm blows up in your life and the wind is against you and you're straining at the oars and Jesus seems far away and your faith is tested when you are not feeling the presence of Jesus. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick and Colin, I think all of us can relate to that. There have been times when we've struggled and Jesus has just seemed a long way away. Maybe someone listening today is in that place. Yeah, this is one of the hard realities of Christian experience. And uh, as a pastor, many times I've known what it is for a believer to say, you know, Pastor Colin, I just don't feel the presence of Jesus. I, I feel my need of him. I just don't feel his presence. And sometimes it's like that. And I think that's one of the reasons that this story that we're going to look at today is so valuable for Christian believers. There are times when your faith will be tested because you don't feel the presence of Jesus. And we're going to look at a story about when the disciples were in the boat, when Jesus was far from them, and uh, they felt alone and they were really struggling. And in the Lord's great goodness and kindness, he did draw near to them. Late in the night, the Bible tells us, sometimes you go through a period of darkness before the relief comes. But we're going to look at a story that gives us hope when we feel that the Lord is far away. And I hope that it will be faith strengthening and that it will be a means of God's comfort for all of us who are feeling that we're struggling with that darkness today. So let's look at this account. It's in Matthew chapter 14. So why don't you open your Bible if you can and meet us there as we continue our message, Confidence. Here's Colin. The presence of fear is not an indicator of the absence of faith. Now, I have many conversations in which someone has said, Pastor, I feel great fear sometimes. Does that mean that I do not have any faith? that my faith is not genuine, that I'm not really a Christian or not truly a believer. No, no, the presence of fear does not mean the absence of faith. The faith of these disciples was tested, and it was tested when they felt that Jesus seemed far away. But what we're learning from this story is that though they felt surrounded by evil and by great darkness, Jesus had not abandoned his disciples to dark and evil powers. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, verse 27, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. So here are the disciples. They think that Jesus is far from them. Up on a mountain somewhere, on his own, praying. They thought that the only thing that was near, the only thing that was pressing around them was great, great evil and darkness. But Jesus is near even when we think he is not. They feared that the night was ruled by dark and sinister forces. What they discovered was that Jesus rules the night as well as the day. And Jesus rules the storm as well as the calm. And friends, these are days when our faith is and will be tested. Remember this, Jesus rules the night as well as the day. And Jesus rules in the storm as well as in the calm. There is no place, however dark, 
where Jesus Christ cannot reach you. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. You are never beyond the reach of Jesus. Now, that's the first thing, that faith is tested. We all know this experience, and it's right here in the Bible. Faith is tested when we feel the absence of Jesus. Here's the second thing that we learn from this remarkable story. We're looking at what it is to live with faith in an unexpected storm. And I want you to see from this story that faith ventures at the command of Jesus. Faith ventures at the command of Jesus. And Peter answered him, verse 28, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Now, I have tried to ask myself this question honestly during the week. Would I have said that? And I have to admit, I've come to the conclusion that I don't think I would. I think what I would have said is, Lord, if it is you, come into the boat, calm the storm, and please get us as quickly as possible back to the shore. (laughs) And maybe you think that's what you would have said too. I think that's the most natural thing to say here. When we face a storm or a trial, the natural reaction is always, when will this be over? When will it be done? When can I get back to living the life that I want to live? Lord, calm the storm and get me out of here. That's our instinctive reaction. But I love Peter in what he says here. Because he says something entirely different. He says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. You see, instead of simply wishing that the storm would cease, Peter reckons that this is the perfect opportunity for a new and bold venture of faith. Faith ventures at the command of Jesus. So here's a good question to ask yourself every time you find yourself in a storm. What opportunity is there here for me to take a new venture of faith? Now, what are we to make of Peter walking on the water? Well, I think the first thing to say is that this part of the story should have one of these do not try this yourself, warnings (laughs) uh, attached uh, to it. You know, if you try getting out of a boat in the middle of a lake by faith, then it will not lead to you walking on the water. And it is important to make this observation that faith is not foolhardiness. Remember that the devil tempted Jesus to fling himself down from the pinnacle of the temple on the basis, he said, that the angels will bear you up. You won't be hurt at all. The angels will bear you up. And Jesus said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So you see, faith is not believing that anything is possible if only you believe it. Faith is a believing response to the Word of God. 
And Peter, of course, got it exactly right here. He says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus, if this is something that you tell me to do, then this is something that I can do. Because when Jesus calls you to do a thing, with the call, with the command, he gives the power to do it. And Peter's got this exactly right. You don't try and walk on water simply because you think that's a great idea. It's a response to the command of Jesus if he gives it. And sure enough, verse 29, Jesus said, come, come. And so in a believing response to the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Now, do you see the principle that we learn here? It's a very important one. Jesus will give you all that you need to do all that he is calling you to do. He can impart his own power so that you can do what would otherwise be quite impossible for you. That's why Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So what has Jesus called you to do that you may fear is beyond you? And you find yourself saying, maybe you've even said this week, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I'm saying to you on the basis of the scriptures, oh yes, you can. Because Jesus will give you what you need to do all that he is calling you to do. And this, of course, is good news that goes to the very heart of the gospel, the Christian message, because Jesus calls us to a life that is impossible apart from his power. I mean, think of what Jesus calls us to. Be holy as I am holy. Love your neighbor as yourself. Fear not. Well, you see, what Jesus commands may seem impossible to you, but here's the principle. When he calls you to do something, he will give you the power to do it. The Gospels record a wonderful story about an occasion where Jesus met a man with a withered hand. He wasn't able to use his hand. It simply hung, as it were, limp and inactive. And Mark records the encounter with Jesus and tells us that Jesus simply said to this man, stretch forth your hand. Oh, an extraordinary thing to say to a man who doesn't have any control over his hand. It's the one thing he clearly cannot do. But Jesus said to him, stretch forth your hand. And then Mark records very simply and very beautifully, and he stretched it out and the hand was restored. You see what that is telling us? When the Lord Jesus Christ calls you to something, when he commands you in a direction, he gives with the command the power to fulfill it. And that is why Augustine very famously said, Oh God, command what you will. Only give what you command. 
Now, Jesus gave Peter a command in a single word. Jesus said to him, come. And of course, the problem with the command was that all Peter needed to do was walk on water to fulfill it. And I want you to think about that because Jesus gives us the same one-word command. Come. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, he says, and I will give you rest. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Now, you may be thinking, well, Jesus may invite me to come. But pastor, you don't realize what I would have to get over in order to come to Jesus. I've thought about faith. I've thought about following Jesus. But it seems to me that there's an ocean in the way and I can't get there. And I'm saying to you from the Bible today, oh yes, you can. Because it is Jesus who bids you to come. And whatever you need to overcome to get to Jesus, he will enable you to do it. He will give you all that you need to accomplish all that he is calling you to do. So step out in faith. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You will not sink. He will hold you up. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message Confidence, part of our series, Authentic Discipleship. And if you've missed any of the program or if you uh, want to go back and listen again, you can always do that. Come online to openthebible.org.uk. There you can listen to any of our previously broadcast messages. We'll get back to the message now. Here's Colin. So faith is, is tested. We feel that Jesus is far away. Faith ventures in a storm at the command of Jesus. Here's the third thing. What's it look like to live with faith in a storm? Well, faith depends on the faithfulness of Jesus. Verse 30. When he, that is Peter, saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, we don't know how far Jesus was from the boat when Peter stepped into the water. What was the distance that he had to cross? But let's suppose for a moment that it was 50 feet. And Jesus says to Peter, come. And Peter gets one leg over the side of the boat and gingerly puts a toe on the water and the toe holds up and... And now he swings his other leg over the side of the boat and puts his weight two feet on the water and he is held up. And looking at Jesus, he takes his first step forward and then a second and then a third. He's doing it. He's walking on water. And he walks 10 feet and then 20 feet 
And now 30 feet. And he starts to think, this is amazing. What I'm doing is really remarkable. And then he looked at the wind. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. Now, there is an important warning here, and it's this. Some in this congregation have been blessed by God with great success in one area or another of life. And here's the warning. If God enables you to accomplish great things, beware of being entranced by your own achievement. What I'm doing is really quite remarkable. As soon as Peter took his eyes off Jesus, fear just rushed in. And suddenly, he's perplexed with all these questions. How long can I withstand the wind? How long can I really keep this up? And then he began to sink. Beware of becoming entranced with your own achievement. And then we read verse 30 that beginning to sink, Peter cried out, Lord, save me. Being saved is more than something that happens once when you first trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Being saved means that you have a living Savior who is always for you, who is always with you, who will never let you go, and you can always count and depend on him. Peter cries out, Lord, save me. And immediately, verse 31 Jesus reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus may let you go down deep enough to realize that you can't save yourself, but he will never let you go. He will reach out his hand and he will take hold of you. And of the many, many applications that there are of this beautiful reality in the story, There is surely a marvelous picture here of what will happen on the last day of your life. Because the day will come for each and every one of us when you breathe your last breath. And when that day comes, you will be, as it were, getting out of your boat. And when you feel yourself sinking... Do not be afraid. Jesus will reach out his hand and take hold of you. In Christ, you are not going under. He will lift you up. Faith depends on the faithfulness of Jesus. In life, in death, and in every storm, So where do you need to trust the faithfulness of Jesus today? One more thing very briefly, and then we're through. We've seen that faith is tested, that as believers, there will be times when we feel the absence of Jesus, and he always comes because no darkness can ever keep Jesus from reaching you. We've seen that faith ventures at 
the command of Jesus, the marvelous example of Peter, not simply to desire that the storm will be over, but to see what new bold venture of faith may be undertaken in it. Faith depends on the faithfulness of Jesus. He will not let you go. And here's the last thing. Faith worships in the presence of Jesus. Verse 32. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, I expect that if Peter was able to give us his testimony here today, he'd probably say something like this. You know, I didn't think it at the time, but looking back, I'm grateful for that storm. My faith was stretched to the limit in it, but it was in that storm that I saw the glory of Jesus and it was in that storm that I discovered what faith in Jesus can really do. I'm sure that when Peter got back in the boat, the disciples would have had many, many, many unanswered questions. Why did Jesus allow the storm? Why did he tell them to get in the boat when he knew it was coming? Why did he leave them straining at the oars for so long? Why did he come at the fourth watch of the night? Why didn't he come in the first or the second or the third? He could have made it so much easier. What if there's another storm? But you see, the story ends this way, and it's reminding us that these men had something better to do than to agonize over unanswered questions. There will always be unanswered questions in relation to every storm in your life. And these men had something better to do than agonize on and on about unanswered questions. They had come to realize that the Son of God was with them. And realizing that they were in the presence of the Son of God, they worshipped. And when you realize that the Son of God is always for you, that he's always with you, that no place, however dark, can prevent Jesus from reaching you and holding you up, that the Son of God will never, never, never let you go, and you come to see these things for yourself, then you too will worship. You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the second part of our message, Confidence. That's part of this series, Authentic Discipleship. And maybe you missed part of the program today, or maybe you missed the first part. You can always come online to openthebible.org.uk and listen again. Open the Bible is supported entirely by our listeners. That's people just like you. If that's something you haven't done up to this time, but feel you'd like to begin doing it, we have an offer for you this month. If you are able to set up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to thank you by sending you an Advent devotional. It's called The Coming of the King, and it's by J.C. Ryle. Now, Colin, how might we benefit from reading this book? 
Well, it's a book to help us prepare for Christmas. And Christmas is not only the most wonderful and joyful time of the year, it's also for sure the busiest time of the year. And uh, we all have relentless schedules as we move into these next weeks that lie ahead of us. So if you're looking for something that would give you in just a very short space of time some rich nourishment to focus your mind and your heart on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and all the hope that is yours in him. This book by J.C. Ryle, The Coming of the King, I think will be absolutely ideal and wonderfully helpful to you. It gives in just a couple of pages a glimpse of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ for each day leading up to Christmas. You can use it over a period of 25 days I love reading Ryle. He's so clear, he's so warm, he's so Christ-centered. And you will find this nourishing for your soul in the relentless busyness of this season. The Coming of the King by Bishop Ryle. I'm going to be reading it again as we go through Advent, and I hope that it will be a blessing and a joy for you as well. And we'd love to send you a copy of this book as a thank you for setting up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more. Full details on our website, openthebible.org.uk. You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick, and I very much hope you'll join us again next time. Authentic discipleship has its failures as well as its successes. Find out what Jesus can do with flawed disciples like us next time on Open the Bible.